Well, here we go. Welcome to episode number, I believe it's number seven of the Terry James Show. Thank you so much for being here. It's our weekly collection of whatever basically comes to my mind. Could be inspirational, could be motivational, could be just a little analogy, could be a joke I'm working on. (laughs) Who knows? It's just good to have you here. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing the podcast. It really means a lot. And it's also on YouTube, just so you know. You can watch it on YouTube if you'd like. Get a lot of people that are enjoying that. My background of the city, if you can see behind me right now, you can see that. Got an email here that I'd like to read before we get going. All the responses and all the reviews and all that stuff. It's, it's really touching. You know, when you're doing something like this, uh, this is somewhat new to me. I mean, I make a living being on the radio, but, and sharing a very important parts of my life and in, you know, embarrassing parts of my life, but going to another level on this show. And it has moments of being extremely awkward. And sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I don't know if I want to post some of the things I talk about, but I do. So there you go. All right, let's get to an email here. You can call and leave a message for the show, just so you know. Go to terryjames.com. You could do that on your cell phone. You could do that online. There's a microphone in the lower right-hand portion of the page. You click on that, and uh, it will send an, a voice message to me. You could also leave a, a an email if you want. You could sign up for the web thing. You could do all that kind of stuff. I mean, what the web thing? What am I saying? You could sign up for the, what's it called? A newsletter, which I have yet to send out, but I will. I will. Got big plans for this son of a bitch. Been working on some stuff. Anyway, this comes from Bridget LaFrance. Bridget LaFrance. Very quick. Terry, I'm proud of you for not listening to the professionals after listening to your very first episode. It was amazing. I love the chimes. Where's a chime? Where's a chime? There it is. I love the chimes. And uh, the subject matter changes. Keep it coming. Thank you, Bridget. Thanks for taking the time to do that. I really do appreciate it. Um, Another thing, a little inside tip, and this is something I'm not necessarily proud of. Well, I'm not proud of it. I'm I'm not an artist by any means. But if you listen to the Lex and Terry show, I have tried painting a few things every once in a while. And I don't, I can't paint things. I can't paint people or anything like that. I just like colors and figures and shapes and all that kind of stuff. I guess you would call it contemporary art. You know, if you got to put a title on it. But the last uh, title page of the show was something that I created. And a little behind the scenes thing. I'm going to be creating all of the title pages from here on out artistically being getting them done so just a little inside thing right now on today's show i'm very excited about today i really am on today's show we've got let's see here an instagram post that i made that needs a little bit more clarification so i got to spend a little more time on that for you guys uh i ran into a a homeless guy who believe it or not I think he has the right idea for some stuff. I think he might have inspired me. And why I loved tackling as a kid, playing tackle football, why I loved tackling a friend of mine. But first, let's get things going with this. Hey guys, if you're watching on YouTube, as you can see behind me, it's a beautiful day 
here in the Pacific Northwest. I have the drapes open in the office. I have the, the door wide open. I'm getting a breeze coming in here. I'm wearing shorts for crying out loud. In fact, these shorts, you know how women, when they're walking around and they see something they like on another woman, like, hey, where'd you get that bag? That's a great bag. Love your outfit. When I'm with Sherry, that happens nonstop. She's kind of a fashionista type of thing. I bought these shorts that I'm wearing right now, and I'm going to stand up here in a second and show you guys. I, I bought these shorts because of Mark Wahlberg. Now, Mark Wahlberg's been on the Lexitary show many times. He has a new company out called, i got to read my shorts, called Municipal. And I figured I'd support him. He's been very cool to us. I, why not? Why not buy some of his shorts? I cannot tell you how many guys have come up to me. Dude, love the shorts. Where did you get the shorts and all that? I'm going to stand up right now. I'm going to show you the shorts, okay, for municipal. All right, here we go. If you can see this, see these babies? These are basketball shorts. Basketball shorts. God, i got to lose a little weight. Uh, and uh, here, let me get out on the patio so you can see. My sexy ass freaking legs, bitches. So there you go. It's kind of weird getting complimented on the streets. It's kind of weird getting complimented for anything, actually. <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, that was some great podcasting material, wasn't it? That is what they call content in the business. Well, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and maybe bum you out. I don't know how I'm going to react to this because I haven't talked to many people about this and definitely not in a public forum, but it's about shame. Now, according to the dictionary, I think shame is uh, described as a painful feeling of humiliation caused by some, I think it said foolish behavior. To me, foolish is putting it lightly, okay? It's just caused by not thinking, just doing the wrong stuff. Foolish behavior means you're acting foolish on purpose. I think it is anyway. But shame comes in many, many, many different forms. And I am ashamed of something that that happened many, many years ago. And I don't know why I'm even talking about this. And I'll be honest, I'm not even sure I'm going to post this. If you're seeing this right now, obviously I made the decision to post it. (laughs) But I I have a, uh, a few things in my life that I'm ashamed of. And one of them is that I caused a fight between my mother and father. Now, oh God. I mean, this was a real fight. My dad was in a wheelchair. He, uh, ever since I knew him, I have older brothers and a sister that's older. They kind of left the house while, when I was, you know, four or five years old. They were all out of there. They were all out of there, you know, type of thing. So it's kind of like me and my parents. I was kind of like an only child, although I, you know, have great relationships with my family and it's fantastic. But I remember one day I was just getting to the age where I, where I needed to shave. And for Christmas, my mother bought me an electric razor. And as I opened it up on Christmas morning, like you do, I, uh, I saw it and I turned it on and all these whiskers came, came out. It was like, a, my parents had no money. I don't know where they got the razor, if my mom bought it from somebody or whatever. I mean, we had no money. You know, my dad, like I said, was in a wheelchair. He had rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, it was just really, really, really bad. Two new knees, two new wrists, two new hips. 
and he didn't get around much. I, I didn't have that active father that my brothers had. And I'm not, this isn't a woe is me thing. I had a different experience. That's all it is. It's a different experience. But when I opened up the razor, took it out of the box, unwrapped it. Oh, Merry Christmas. Look at this. And I've been wanting a razor. I thought it was really cool. I, it was a fantastic gift. But I made a comment. I go, oh, there's a bunch of whiskers in here. Apparently, that really upset my father. He got very mad at my mother. My dad was a very proud guy, even though he couldn't work. He, uh, he was a very proud guy. You know, he didn't, you know, he wanted to feel like he was rich. He wanted to feel like he had money. He wanted to feel like he had a life and his power, you know. But I hardly ever saw him stand up from that wheelchair. And I caused this fight between my mom and dad. And, uh, and they, they just started arguing, like, right there in front of me. And it was just brutal. And it, was, it went beyond an argument. My mother said something which led her to walk into, we had a little bit of a closet in our condo and there was a washer and dryer in there. And she walked in there and my dad, I don't know how he did it. He got up on his feet and walked over there with a cane and was ready. And you know, he was ready to put a hand on her. And I think he did. I, I, I so much of it is a blur to me because I was there screaming. I, I was there screaming and uh, you know, what are you doing? You know, the, you know, as any kid would do, what, nobody wants to see their parents fight. I had heard the arguments a lot. This wasn't anything new in my house. The verbal arguments were there. And it was almost always about finances and all that. And uh, I remember once I, I got it broken up, my mom looked at me and she said, you're a spoiled little brat. That's your fault. And I really didn't do anything on purpose, but it's something that has stayed with me for years now. Listen, it doesn't like preoccupy my life. It's, a, it's an instance that happened, one which I completely feel shame about. I feel shame that I was the cause of that. And I feel shame that I, you know, and I don't like the fact that I had to witness it, but I'm glad I did because... You know, it would have, it would have, it probably would have got much more ugly. And then I started thinking, you know, I never saw, and don't get me wrong, this is not a woe is me segment, okay? Everybody has shit in their life. And I choose to get over my shit as best as possible. I choose to not blame people for not having money or a bad decision that I've made or anything like that. Horrible things happen to us. And sometimes we cause those horrible things. And that's what's worse. I can handle any horrible thing that's ever happened to me. Anything, you name it. I have had some shit happen to me. And I'm not going to sit here and whine about that stuff. I'm not going to. But if I cause some distress or anger or pain or a fight between somebody else because of an action that I had... Whoo, boy, that hurts right here, man. That really hurts in my heart. I can't remember a time that I ever saw my mom and dad either hug. I, I never saw a hug. I never saw a kiss. I never saw any of that stuff. And 
because I came along much later in life. They'd been married for a while and the, the piles and the stress was on them like you couldn't believe. There was illness all around me. There was financial burden all around me. There was all that kind of stuff. And I was aware of it, but I think they did their best to hide it. And I, I completely love my parents. But man, I really, I really wish I could take that day back. One of the good things, I guess I could spin this into something positive is, you know, say talking about how I never saw any physical affection with my parents. Obviously it was there. I'm here. You know, I have brothers and sisters, but those are a day that you, you know, you didn't, you didn't show a lot of public displays of affection or anything like that. But they did laugh together. They laughed at a lot of the same things. They, uh, my mother uh, had a great sense of humor. She was one of my biggest fans when I started telling jokes around the house. This was a way for me to get some sort of, I guess, attention and positive attention around the house. My mom had a fantastic sense of humor. She didn't crack jokes, but she laughed at all the right stuff. She loved George Carlin. She loved all that kind of stuff. She loved the early David Letterman shows. He had a show in Los Angeles, a morning show, just in L.A., before he became a national name. And it was just a a wacky morning show. And she loved that guy and loved the whole thing. So maybe that's why I'm chasing this dream right now. Maybe that's why I like to to laugh or to make other people laugh. It's a, uh, maybe it's my form of, um, I don't know, I don't know going to a therapist or something. I have no idea, but I'm glad it's there. And I, I've been able to make a living out of it. I mean, you're not Clark cracking up right now. I know. Cause this is kind of a fucked up story, but I really think that maybe something positive came out of this. Not that one specific thing, because there's no reason for that. There's, there's no reason for physical violence in the house. <sighs> And it was my fault. I guess it's time for, you know, if you got something going on in your life, do your best to find a way to let that shit go. Maybe get a podcast and talk about it to everybody. So I just got off the phone with my buddy, Michael Pace. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a headliner, been doing it a long time, been doing some TV shows, been a bunch of TV commercials, Curb Your Enthusiasm, all kinds of stuff. He and I have always wanted to do a podcast together. We've tried a couple of different things. Schedules aren't working out right. You know, he's touring and everything else. And me, I'm just sitting here at home waiting for shit to happen. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, he and I were having a conversation today and we go kind of in depth. You know, he's one of my friends that I feel like I could say anything to and, and hopefully he feels the same way. And I told him that kind of what I want right now is just to have some peace of mind, just peace of mind. I'm trying to enjoy moments where everything's okay in my life. Everything's just fine. Doesn't have to be crazy good. It's just everything's good. And to recognize those moments. So I just get off the phone with a guy. I go down and get a coffee. And I see this guy that I've seen in my neighborhood a few times. He's a homeless guy. He's got a bicycle. 
And I see him and he doesn't do anything to anybody. He's not a jerk or anything like that, but he has a bicycle that he has, I believe it's fake, um, like vines on it. Like it looks like a tree that he drives around a tree and he's got this peaceful music playing behind him going, you know what? This motherfucker's got it right. You know, it's just one of those times that I needed to see that after that conversation, I'm going, you know what? This guy, most people would go, what a piece of shit. Get out of here type of thing. But he, he harms nobody. I don't know how he's making it. I have no idea what he's doing. Hopefully he's not stealing or anything. But, you know, he just cruises around on his bike that's decorated like a tree. He's got music playing and it's not like heavy metal or anything. It's not like he's playing Danzig or something out of there. He's got, you know, some sort of you know, some peaceful music. And you're going, God, this guy may have figured this shit out, maybe. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk to you about right now, though. But he made a conscious choice, this guy did. This guy made a choice, it seems like, to, you know what, if I'm going to be out in the streets, I'm going to make it a peaceful thing instead of, you know, fighting people and looking for my next hit and all this type of stuff. It's just kind of a weird thing. He made a choice, it seems like. Could be wrong, but in my mind, it seems like That was a conscious decision that this guy made. Now, when you choose to better yourself, which so many people do, which I have, and uh, you could go down a bad path, believe it or not. I have. You could start to read so many books and start to watch so many videos and listen to so many podcasts about, you know, bettering yourself. And they're all very interesting and everything. I love that self-help books saved my fucking life. But you could start to do that to where you're actually thinking you're doing something. Now, the only thing you're really doing is filling your, your mind with some positive stuff instead of all the other toxic shit that's out there. Good for you. But you can actually just make, that'll just be it for you. You have to actually take that positive information that you're learning and hopefully most people choose to do this to to better themselves, to to get confident in certain areas, to find the, the, the passion to go for something or the bravery to go for something. So that's what those podcasts and books and everything else, they kind of put your mind into that. I hope that this show does that for you. But I'm hoping that once you listen to this or find something that you like or a quote you like or something that inspires you, that you're putting what you've learned into action. You have to go ahead and roll the dice on yourself eventually. You've got to consider it as on-the-job training. You are not, because you've read 50 books, gone to a bunch of seminars and all that, you're not an expert you got a leg up on things. You kind of know where you're headed, but you're definitely not an expert. You need that on-the-job training. You need to see what's going to work for you, what's going to fail for you. You need to suck at stuff. You really do. Like, that's why I'm here, you know, that type of thing. But other than that, you're just going to have a, your life is all about learning all the time. You have to accept that you're always going to be learning. If you think you're learning something by listening to a seminar, you are. But if you don't like go out of that seminar and put some of that stuff that you've learned into action, what a waste of time. You may as well have just been jerking off on a porn site. What a waste of time. So realize you're always learning. 
Life is completely trial and error. Get out there and fuck it up. Get out there and, and when you and when you actually find something that works for you, take that moment and enjoy it and feel that fucking peace. God, I just want some fucking peace of mind. So I recently made a post on Instagram that's getting a lot of feedback. And I felt that I needed to take this time right now to clarify some of this, okay? Just to go a little deeper on the subject to try to show you what I really meant. And, and, and people are enjoying the post, don't get me wrong, but I think that we could actually take it a little further and affect some more people in a different way. I was talking about not having any hobbies or not calling them hobbies or side projects or side gigs or my plan B's or plan C's. When you have that, it diminishes the value of what you really have going on in your life. So what if you only get to write part-time? So what if only you get to uh, post online part-time or, or take part-time classes in psychology? Whatever your passion is. So what if it's only part-time? It's an extension of who you are. Do not diminish it by going, oh, it's my side gig. That's just a little hobby I have. You know, when, when you say that to somebody... The other person here is, oh, that guy's really not into it. He really doesn't know what's going on. Own the fact that you're an artist. Own the fact that you're, a, a, you know, that you're doing what you want to do, even if it's part-time. The best analogy that I have about this, and this is going to be a stretch. <laughs> I, I know this is a stretch. I was really shy as a kid. I've talked about this many times on the podcast. I was afraid to like people. I was afraid to God, I was afraid to love people. It's, it was really sad when I really think about it right now because, you know, uh, rejection hurts. You, you go out of your, your comfort zone and you tell some chick you like her and you'd like to see more of her or whatever. Oh my God, if that doesn't come back for you tenfold or even even, <laughs> oh, it's miserable. It's a miserable time. I remember when I got brave enough to tell this girl, Trina was her name, that I liked her. And I decided I was going to put my foot in that pool a little bit. You know, the, the, my left foot went in, I, I touched the water, I tested the water, and I'm going, oh, you know what? I'm not kidding. Uh, I'm not, she doesn't seem repulsed. <laughs> so, so maybe, just maybe I got a shot at this. And this was later in life. This is at an age where a guy should have a little bit of game and a girl should have a little bit of game. And I had no game whatsoever. None. So I told her that I liked her. And I knew she had her left foot in that little pool. I, I, I could sense that. I mean, you know, it, as much as I tried to deny it even, I could sense it. It was there. But as soon as I told her I liked her, she was like, whoa, I, I could hear that thing coming out of the water. I could hear her running to her car with one wet foot and one dry foot. <laughs> Getting the fuck away from this guy. It was my first real feeling of ghosting. It was horrible. And it hurt so bad that it took me a long time to let any girl know that I was interested in them again. And 
to let somebody know that you're interested in life or interested in them, you got to have both feet in. This is what I'm trying to get at in a real weird thing. When you have both feet in, and this is going to sound like I just went to a, a, you know, a Spencer's, you know, those places at the mall that had all the dumb little sayings. But that saying is, is if, if you're not all in, you do not, you got to open yourself up to life's possibilities. Sure. One of those possibilities may mean rejection, may mean heartbreak, may mean I got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how I'm handling this stuff. But it's true. If you don't put both feet in and you don't go for it, it, nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. It's kind of like this podcast. There are people that don't like me doing this. They want to hear dick jokes and farts and all that kind of crap. And I, I love those. Trust me. I, I make a living off of it. And, and, and if the, I promise you, the moment that I don't like doing that, I'm out. I don't need it anymore. I don't. I could get by without it. I'm in a very good position. But I love working with Lex and Dee and Sarah and the listeners, the relationship we have. I am still 100% both feet in that pool and just having fun, having a blast. But this podcast is a little different. And some people don't like what I'm talking about. It's not a lot. I'm most The, the response I'm going to say has been 90, I'm going to go 92%. <laughs> no, 93 I'm going to go 93% of the people have been just really cool with it. And doing this podcast and anything that you do in life where you go out of your comfort zone, people are going to talk shit. People are going to judge. They are going to judge. I'm being judged right now. I get, I can feel it. I can feel I'm being judged. You know what? They're not judging as hard as you think they are. Nobody really cares if, you know, a girl didn't go out with you. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares if this podcast is going to be a success for me or a failure. I think some people that don't like me are rooting for failure. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta get ready to go, man. You gotta have both feet in, in life. And, and you will, if you don't commit to whatever it is you're doing in your life, to your relationships, to any of that, you're never going to know what the real possibilities are. This little segment here goes out to all of you who are afraid of diversity. I live in a major metropolitan city. As you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind me, Seattle, Washington. There's all kinds of crazy stuff in Seattle. There's all different races. There's all different smells. There's all different types of food. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a crazy place. It's, it, it can get a little hectic. And I started thinking, what is it about living in an area like this? I love the energy. I love the, the not knowing what's going to happen type of thing. Yeah, I don't want to get gunned down or anything, but I love it. And I was trying to think about where did I get used to this? Where did I really start to like this? And I've got to go back to growing up in Santa Ana, California. Now, by the time I reached the age to walk and go down the, you know, walk to school myself and things like that, that meant I was the age old enough to get my ass kicked. And it was becoming a very rough neighborhood at that point. It was just starting to get very, very 
let's say, diverse, very Hispanic. It wasn't even diverse. I was uh, pretty much a minority at that time, and at least that from what I remember. And, and I know that my father had somebody put a baseball bat in a uh, bushes on the way home, and I forget who it was. I don't know if it was my brother or a friend or a neighbor. I think it might have been our neighbor who was a sheriff and put a baseball bat in the bushes in between school and the house and said, don't be afraid to use it. It's called the equalizer, things like that. At that moment, I was like one from a pretty innocent kid going, Oh, what's this all about? All of a sudden these fears started to creep in and I didn't really think there was anything to be afraid of, but you know, I think that any school you go to, especially nowadays, it's rougher and rougher and more opinionated and and all that kind of stuff. So then we moved to Mission Viejo, California, a very, very white community. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, my parents thought I'd feel safer there. They bought a little condo on the outskirts of Mission Viejo because Mission Viejo at the time, I mean, you had to have a little bit of money to move there. We bought this, uh, I guess we bought this condo that was on the outskirts of Mission Viejo. In fact, it was so far on the outskirts of Mission Viejo, I wasn't allowed to go to Mission Viejo High School I had to go to El Toro High School, which, you know, fine with me. I don't care. I didn't like any of those kids anyway. Didn't know any of those kids, with the exception of my one buddy in Mission Viejo, Freddie Munoz. Freddie was this little teeny Mexican dude. I loved going into Freddie's condo. I mean, you go over there to get ready to go play football or something. God, it smelled so good. I don't know what his mom was making, but it was the family. They were all short. They were all dumpy. They were all happy. Freddie had a beautiful smile. He looked like a little bug when he smiled. I loved me some Freddie Munoz. I don't know what Freddie's doing now. I hope Freddie has had a great life. I really do because he was a, he was my buddy. He was my buddy. And this is going to be weird because I'm going to tell you this weird thing that I was thinking about today about Freddie, and the first thing that came into my mind about Freddie was we would play tackle football. We didn't have a field to play in because we lived in these condos, you know? There was just basically a strip of grass that was maybe seven feet wide, and, you know, you know, and, and then, you know, it was, it, the width was pretty, pretty long, so it was enough to, to run, and we'd play tackle football there, and I loved to tackle Freddie. Not because I liked, didn't like him. He was soft. He was puffy and he smelled like, uh, he smelled like the inside of his house, which was fantastic. God, that smelled good. Felt like I was, and this is not a, uh, a stereotyper. And I'm just telling you the truth right here. This is no place to be politically correct. Anyway, it smelled like I was tackling a bag of Doritos. He was awesome. I love this guy. And he was super soft. Like I said, you tackle him and you just kind of hang on to him a little extra harder because it was Freddie and he smelled good. (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say right now is that, you know, there's a reason why. And I think that the way you grow up has a lot to do with the way you view your life. And that's either a good thing or a bad thing. And I think that growing up in that area benefited me. I know my parents wanted to move out of there because it was getting rougher, but I really think that that really benefited me. And if you have a chance to drop your fears, to go to a different part of town you never went to, 
Go to that part of town that you've heard has got a great barbecue or some fried chicken or something. Go to that place. You'd be happy you did. You really will. Give it a try, guys. If you if you live in a you know a suburb somewhere, just find that part of town. You know where it is. Where it is right now, something's coming to your mind. Make it a plan to go there this weekend and get yourself something and go to that part of town that's a little sketchy. You owe it to yourself to live a little bit. That wrap things up right there, guys. Thank you so much for being here and sharing some of your valuable time with me. I really appreciate it. Please share the show if you like it. Please like it if you like it. Please comment where comments are. I try to go back and read everything and I try to respond to everybody. And help me. Help me share this damn thing, okay? Otherwise, I'm just going to stop doing it and end up talking to myself for the rest of my life. Which is... Which I'm totally comfortable doing as well. <laughs> I got some new ideas. I got some guests possibly coming up. I got a, I got a lot of fun things planned. So please, please share the show. Have a fantastic weekend. If you're listening to this on Thursday when it drops, and uh, I really, I just, I just really do, I really do, really do appreciate you. That's very hard for me to, to stumble that out for some reason. Guys, have a great day, you sons of bitches. Bye bye. <laughs>